She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, 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 guys, it is your girl, Autumn Miles. Y'all, we're going to have some fun today. (laughs) Okay, I got a lot to tell you. So hang on to your little hats as our grandfathers used to say, because I got a lot to tell you. We are celebrating one year of the totally refurbished, totally awesome, if you ask me, podcast that you are listening to right now. And you guys have downloaded it in like like a lot, (laughs) like a lot. We are coming up on, I think, 300,000 downloads. We'll hit that before too long. I'm sure you'll see our little thing on social media, but you guys have done that and in in a relatively short time. So I just want to say my hat's off to you. We are celebrating one year all month long. September is a huge month for us. My birthday's in September. Your girl's going to be turning 40. And you know what? Proudly, unapologetically, I'm heading into my 40s. So I'm super excited about that. We have so much to talk about this month. I am entering into today and for the next few weeks. Now, I'm not a huge, I'm not huge on series. Okay. I'm not a huge series person. But I'm starting today a series on the mind, the mind, M-I-N-D, mind, what you think about, what you shouldn't think about, what you need to stop thinking about. We are going to start that today, and it's going to run for several weeks. Y'all, I am obsessed with this content, and it's going to be one of those things that I think is going to help you. It most definitely has helped me, okay? We're talking about the mind after the break. Another thing, I have some, I have, I have uh, a few announcements today. I hate announcements, but, but I feel like I want to announce things to you guys today. Second thing I want to tell you, this whole deconstructionist movement, I got some thoughts on it. I got some thoughts, a lot, actually, a lot of thoughts. I am going to also, after the mind series, be, I'm going to do a couple of weeks on not deconstructing your faith, constructing your faith. If I hear the word deconstruction one more time, I just might throw up. I'm just, I'm so over it. I can't even handle my life. If someone else sends me a podcast about it, listen, I can't. Okay. I'm going to tell you my thoughts on it and we'll talk about that in a month. So we're not even getting to that in a month, but it is a trend. And I don't typically address trends because they're trends. They're temporary. They will not last. But in this case, I think it's leading people astray. Now, I think there's a right way to do it, but I also think that Satan is all up in this thing. So we are going to talk about deconstruction the other way, constructing your faith in about a month. Okay. What's going on in my life? Announcement's over. (laughs) Let's move on. Okay. 
this is what's going on in my life, you guys. So Saturday, have you guys ever seen the sound of music? <laughs> the sound of music. Watch this with my kids. The babies have, I say babies, they're six. Moses and Haven haven't watched it, but uh, Grace and Jude have definitely watched it with me. And we watched it again over the summer. You guys know Captain Von Trapp from, from The Sound of Music. <laughs> On Saturday mornings, when we have a football game, I'm kind of like Captain Von Trapp. <laughs> you know, he does the whistle and he like <laughs> whistles all of his kids to come and to like line up or whatever. Football season is upon us on Saturday mornings for my little munchkins, my uh, Moses and Haven and, and Grace and Jude and Eddie. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Moses is playing first grade football. He's incredible at it. Okay. Eddie is his head coach, <laughs> which is so fun to watch. Jude is Eddie's assistant coach, okay? Haven, for Moses's football team, hang with me, is a cheerleader. Grace is the assistant cheerleading coach for her team. <laughs> Mom is Captain Von Trapp. So here's the thing. On Saturday mornings, I I literally am like, everyone has to get up. Everyone, first of all, why do they have so many requirements for the things that you need? You need cleats, you need this, you need the jersey, you need the mouth guard, you need the pom-pom, you need the this, you need the that. And there's like, there's, there's 7,433 things to gather, first of all, okay? On top of that, they all have to wake up and put those things on. On top of that, everyone has to eat something. Like they have to put some sort of food in their mouth. On top of that, they need to drink something, okay? On top of that, I need coffee for sure on the way to the game. On top of that, we have to drive typically to the game. On top of that... We have to be there on time. So Saturday mornings, kind of like I'm Captain Von Trapp getting everybody ready. This Saturday was our first morning. It was very successful, I will tell you. <laughs> but I got to this game and we're in just such a special season. And I see my husband coaching my little boy and my big boy coaching my little boy's team, who, by the way, how many 13-year-olds do you know that would coach a first-grade team? Not many. Like, like Jude, my Jude is uh, precious. Then I have Haven, who's cheering for her brother. And then I have Grace, who is coaching her sister, who is cheering for her brother. It's a family affair, y'all, on Saturdays at these football games. And I'm telling you what, right now, this Saturday, I was the only one in the stands. Normally, I have at least two kids with me in the stands. Like, they're like, Mom, can I have a snow cone? Mom, can I, go, can I have chips? Can I have Gatorade? Do you have $5? Do you have a quarter? Mom, can I play your phone? You know, that's what's happening in the stands typically. And that is very real to life. But I was all alone in the stands on Saturday. And do you know why? Because every one of my, the members of my family 
or serving their community or serving their family. I had really dark sunglasses on. They were black sunglasses. And I'm sitting out looking over what God, the work that God has done in our family. And I cried probably six times. I'm not even kidding. I was talking to other cheer moms and I had tears in my eyes and they had no idea because my sunglasses are black and you cannot see through the lenses. I'm sitting there so proud of what God has done in our family. I'm so proud of what, you know, the older siblings that are serving the younger siblings and my husband that's coaching my sons. And I'm so proud. And the Lord hits me with this thought. You've worked so hard for days like today. You are reaping what you've sown. Then I cried even harder. So I'm like trying to wipe my eyes, like blaming it on sweat because it was 432 degrees in the stands. I promise you, football moms, we're going to get crowns in heaven for sitting out in August heat, especially in Texas. This is what you've worked so hard. These days are what you've worked so hard for. You are reaping what you've sown. And I want to tell you moms out there, I know this is going a little bit long, but that's okay. Today, we're just going to go long. The tiny seeds that you plant in your babies at two years old, three years old, four years old, five years old, help others, be kind to others, serve others. Those little seeds grow. And before you know it, there are a 13-year-old and there are a 16-year-old that is serving six-year-olds for free, volunteering their time. Because somewhere along the way, their parents instilled in them the truths of God's word. When God says, you will reap what you sow, I'm telling you what, it does happen. Now, do kids make mistakes? Absolutely. Okay. I I did, for goodness sake. (laughs) My parents sowed so much word in me and I went off the deep end for a while, but I came back, y'all. I came back. I just want to tell you, those of you that are in a hard season of parenting right now, maybe preschoolers or, or whatever it is, eventually you'll see the fruit of your work. And, I, and, I, and God is so good to let us in that we are experiencing the harvest of our work. And it was one of those days for me on Saturday. So I love my fam so much, my fam bam. We're going to talk about the mind. That's what's happening in my world, guys. We're going to talk about the mind after the break. Prepare your little heart because mama's going to, I'm going to talk to you like a mama here. And I think it's going to be good because we need some straight talk when it comes to our mind right now. I love you so much. I'll see you after the break. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. 
Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, click on it, and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, I could hardly wait to get in my studio today to record. That's how excited I am about this The Mind series, okay? So we are going to be hitting the mind pretty hard. We're going to talk about fear and anxiety. We're going to talk about feeling like you're not good enough. We're going to talk today just about the mind in general. How do you control your mind? But we are going to hit it so hard. One of the things we're going to talk about, because I feel like people are struggling right now, is how to be happy. (laughs) You know what I hate when people are like, God doesn't want you to be happy. That is so dumb. (laughs) Who says that? Ah, so we're going to talk about that and how that's not scriptural. And I'm going to give you 432 verses to tell you why God wants you to be happy. And anyone that tells you that needs to read the scripture. Anyway, we're going to hit the mind super duper hard. It's going to be good. I think you're going to be able to take like literal bites of this away for you. When I think of the mind, you guys, I don't want you to just listen to what I say, okay? I want you to glean from the truth of scripture. So with every piece of this series, which I think is four weeks, we are going to go straight scripture on you. We got enough opinions out there, you know, just open up your social feed. I don't want you to listen to my opinion. I, I, I have no desire. I'm simple. I, I want to be like a guide. Okay. So I'm going to guide you through scripture about what God has told me through his spirit, which is confirmed by his word. We're going to walk through real tangible examples of people that have struggled with their mind and have overcome. How do we do that? Okay. That's what you're in for. I would suggest if you know someone that is struggling with their mind, listen, like do this or not, it doesn't, you don't have to, but if someone is struggling, send them the link. Okay. Send it around, send it to your friends. Because we are just, we're, I'm, I just feel very, very overwhelmed by this uh, problem that we have right now in the church and in the world trying to control our minds. Okay. So let's get right to it. The Mind, one of the best books, and I don't recommend uh, uh, books very much or resources very much just because I want, just because I don't. But I am going to recommend one to you. Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Meyer. You guys, this book is crazy good. Okay. If you are struggling with your mind, fear, anxiety, doubt, whatever it is, go get this book and read it this month as we go through things on the mind. Read it. 
the reason I can recommend this book is because she uses so much scripture in this book. It's like, what did we call it a couple of weeks ago? It's like a Bible sandwich. It's like a Bible steak. It is so good. And that's why I can confidently recommend this book. It is incredible. I think it's sold, sold like 4 million copies. So, you know, so, something's got to be good about it. I have personally read it cover to cover. I've actually gone back and read portions of it on things that I need, you know, help with myself. I want to give you a resource because, you know, this podcast is not going to last, you know, mine will last you the whole week. But I want you, I want there to be a resource that you can lean on during the week. Okay. So let's go there. The mind. We are going to talk about the mind. What you are living right now and get your little Bibles or get your pen or to get your little voice note, voice memo, voice text, whatever you got to do. Okay. What you are living right now, your life right now started in your mind. Did you realize that? Everything that you are living right now started in your mind. You know, it starts something like this. You know, you don't really have control of your life until uh, until you're out of the house. But once you get out of the house, you think, what college do I want to go to? Okay, I want to go to, you know, whatever. God's college. I don't even know if that's a college probably is. I just made it up. I'm going to go to God's college. And, you know, what do, what do I think? I want to study. Well, I think I want to study ministry. So I'm going to go to God's college and I'm going to study ministry. And it's in, you know, Des Moines, Iowa. And um, so I'm going to move there and I'm going to move on campus. And, oh, there's a, there's a boy that walked by me at God's college. Oh, he's kind of cute. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll talk to him. Maybe I won't. Oh, okay. Well, he's talking to me. Oh my goodness. I like the way he's talking to me. Okay. Bam. You're married. Bam. A two years later, you think, wow, we should really start having kids. Oh, and bam, you have kids. Then you have another one and then blah, 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 blah. Everything in your life is built on a thought. Every single thing. You listening to this podcast, it started as a thought. I should download Autumn's podcast today. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, everything starts as a thought. Where you eat for dinner starts as a thought. Mm, I'm really craving chicken fried steak right now. I think I'll go to Cracker Barrel. Started as a thought. That is how powerful your thoughts are. So if I'm the enemy and I think to myself, I'm going to tank her life, beep, 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 what should I do? Hmm. Oh, I know. I'm going to sabotage the way that person thinks. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sabotage. Why? Because the enemy knows every action in your life starts as a thought. Take a second today and evaluate how you're living. Just look around. Look at the car that you're driving. Look at the house that you're living in. Look at what you have on your body. The clothes you picked out today. The shoes you picked out today. It, should I wear the giant hoops or should I wear the studs? What should I wear in my, my earrings? They all, everything started as a thought. 
That's pretty deep, y'all. That's pretty deep. So as the enemy comes in and looks at the Christian life, he thinks to himself, I know how to get them. I can hijack their thoughts and I can try to persuade them to think things that will ultimately sabotage their life because they listened to a wrong thought. That's why I'm doing this series, you guys. I'm doing this series because we've got a lot of people walking around thinking a lot of crazy things. And it is time right now to take control of your thoughts. Let me tell you something. It goes a little like this. You are in charge of your mind. It is not in charge of you. Now, let me tell you something about this. God spoke this privately in my quiet time in 2017. I actually have looked it up. And why have I looked it up? Because this quote has been widely circulated. I've seen it on everywhere. Now, could God have told them the same line? Absolutely. But I put it out on social in 2017. This one quote has been circulated by so many people. It's crazy. Maybe God told them the same thing. I don't know. All I know is that it originated with me in 2017, straight from the Holy Spirit. You are in charge of your mind, Autumn. Your mind is not in charge of you. Drink that in for a second. You, sitting in your car, wherever, you are in charge of that anxious thought. You are in charge of that fearful thought. You are in charge of that doubtful thought. You are in charge of that insecure thought. It has no authority over you. None. Now, I needed to hear this straight from the Lord because, oh my goodness, I was caught up in a season of anxiety in 2017. I was writing, I am Rahab. I was overwhelmed. Um, I got baby. I got two two-year-olds at this point. I've got other two other kids. I'm married. I'm traveling all across the country. I am like completely overwhelmed. And when I, I didn't have time to get my thoughts straight, when I didn't have time to submit my thoughts under the authority of scripture, the enemy came in to try to sabotage my thoughts with anxieties, with doubts, whatever. And the Lord was so clear. You're letting your thoughts be your boss and you're in charge of them. Do you know that you are the boss of your mind? You, you're the boss of your mind. You tell your thoughts what to do, but that is not what we are doing. We're not watching what we allow in. As a matter of fact, we're allowing so many things in our minds right now that is drawing like the devil's playground because we're listening to narratives of the news. We're listening to narratives of whatever we put in our mind. We're listening to Netflix narratives. We're listening to all of this stuff and all of this stuff goes in our minds. And when it comes to make 
make a, a decision and grounded in wisdom for our life if we do not have a correct way of thinking that is grounded in truth and the word of God, we will make decisions that will not be good for us. You have to guard what you put in your mind. The enemy will try to overwhelm you with bad thoughts. He'll try to overwhelm you with fear. Have we not been living in like this crazy world that is so fearful? He will tell you to be afraid. He will tell you to be anxious. You do not have to participate in that thought. You don't have to. It feels so real. It feels so overwhelming. But the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you have fear that is overwhelming you, that you just can't whatever, we know that that spirit is not of God. When we take that that fear that Satan is throwing at us to believe, to participate in, to think about day in and day out, when we take that in, we are not living according to truth. Why? Because God has given us that spirit. What we need to do now more than ever is boss our minds around, and this is how you do that. People ask me all the time, I hear what you're saying, Autumn, but how do you do that? I don't know how to do that. Well, I'm going to tell you, okay? Your girl has got you, okay? This is how, how you do that. Every thought, every thought needs to be held up and paralleled to truth. Everyone. Some of you guys right now, I know you are sitting there and you're like, that's overwhelming. I can't do that. I am living in fear on a daily basis. I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to this. I'm worried about the future for my kids. I'm telling you as someone who has struggled with this in the past, you can do it. You can do it. When you get a thought, we go to the word. I'm going to read this passage of scripture for you. John 8, 31 and 32. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue, listen to this. If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. Verse 8, 32, John 8, 32. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Okay. I'm going to read it again. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my, what? Word. If you continue in my word, and then he says, then you are truly my disciples. But let's take out that little clause for a second. Because he adds another layer to the, if you continue in my word. Verse 32 says this, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you continue in my word, you will be my disciples, yes. And you will know the truth 
and the truth will set you free. Red letter in my Bible, guys. Jesus is telling you right now, if you continue in my word, you will know truth and it will set you free. Okay. We have to know the truth. You know, want to know the biggest antidote for my antidote? Is that the right word? I don't know if it's not. Sorry. <laughs> You want to know the best thing that will literally kill my anxiety? Opening up the word. Reading the Psalms. Every single time. I read Psalm 91. I pray Psalm 91 over myself, over my family, over my friends. I just need to get in the word. If I have two minutes and I'm sitting and waiting to pick up my kids from practice, I will open the word just to read it, to get the strength of it inside of me. If you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That tells us where freedom is found. It's found in truth. Where is truth found? In God's word. Okay. So, If you're struggling with your thoughts, the source of freedom is not the news. It's not. The source of freedom is not social media. It's not. It's not your friend. It's not your mama. It is the word of God. And what does the enemy want to keep us from more than ever today? He wants us to keep to keep us away from church. He wants us to keep us away from the word because he knows if you have those two things, if you are engaged in the word on a daily basis, and then you have the accountability of assembling yourselves together, you will be able to fight the things that are in your mind and he will become the boss of your mind. You will not be the boss of your thoughts. The enemy will be the boss of your thoughts and the enemy is intimidating and he will intimidate you to think things that God never wanted you to think to begin with. Some of you guys just need to open up the word. Read about our precious Jesus and that'll help. And some of you guys, these thoughts that have been circulating in your mind that you just can't get rid of, that you are so terrified to whatever, that you doubt, that you, that you, you just don't feel worthy, you feel guilty or whatever it is. These thoughts need to be held up to what does God say about them? Because everything you're living now is based in your thought processes and your very thought processes that you are thinking now can hinder the blessings of God if you do not hold them up to the accountability of scripture. Second Corinthians says this, we know we're the boss of our minds. We know where freedom is found. It's found in the word. Second Corinthians 10 says this, I'm going to start reading verse three. Paul is, Paul would know. Paul, this is Paul, Paul's, Paul's writing. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. How do I know that? Because Ephesians 6 tells us that. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. And then he goes on and he says this, we are destroying speculations. 
Any of you guys have been speculating on what the future could hold? And every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This verse tells us that we are supposed to guard our minds because the enemy will use our minds as a weapon against us. Do you know that the enemy is using that to tank your life? Paul tells us it right here. Let me read it again. For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. He said there's supernatural forces. You can read it in Ephesians 6. You can go there yourself today. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They're supernatural. Okay. They're supernatural. Ephesians 6. But divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Paul is saying right here, these weapons waged against us, they're not of the flesh. But let me tell you something, they are powerful and they will they will destroy, still steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the enemy wants to do. And he wants to do that in our minds. Verse five. So this, so this is what we're gonna do. Because we know that the weapons formed against us are are like psychological when it comes to the enemy, when it comes to Satan, we are destroying speculations. We are destroying every, everything, every lofty thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are, this is how you destroy these thoughts, guys. We are taking, seizing, taking every thought captive. If a thought comes in that does not hold up to the accountability of what God said, you take it captive. It is not allowed to stay in your mind. You take it captive and you cast it out. No fear. You can't stay here. Why? Because I have a God that says, he does not give us a spirit of fear. Actually, he gives us a spirit of sound mind. So fear, you've got to go. Anxiety, I hear you. I hear that you've come in via the enemy. I want you to know something. God says, cast all your, your anxiety upon the Lord for he cares for you. I'm going to cast you out. I hear you insecurity that tells me that I can't do this. Well, God says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you got to get out. You've got to take Take your thoughts captive when they are tanking your life <laughs> and you have got to hold them up to the accountability of scripture. Where is freedom found? John 8, 31 and 32 in the word of God. And, and we are lucky to live in America where we can access it so easily. You are the boss of your mind. It is not the boss of you. You tell your mind what to do. It does not have the authority to tell you what to do. Whew, this is so good, you guys. Oh my goodness. I'm getting chills. I'm sweating and I have chills all at the same time. Your mind wants to run all over you. The enemy wants your mind to overwhelm you to a point that it disables you for any blessing that God would want to give you. 
I'm going to take you to a story that we've talked about it a lot. But again, I feel like this story represents exactly, I think we, I just did a podcast on it, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to talk to you guys about it again. I know we're running a little over. These are going to be a little bit longer. This story tells you how powerful thoughts can be. This story tells you the consequences of not trusting the truth of God's word over how you feel. This story should be sobering to all of us. Numbers 13 says this. Moses sent the spies out to the land of Canaan, and he said to them, go up, verse 18, into the land of Negev. Then go up into the hill country and see what the land is like. Is it strong or weak? Few or many? How many are in the land? Are they good or bad? How many cities in which they live? Are they like open camps or fornifications? How is the land, fat or lean? We just, I just talked about this passage not long ago. And make an effort then to get some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was for the first grapes. So all the spies, the 12 spies, went up and they spied out the land. When they had gone into Negev, they came upon Hebron, where Ahiman, Shishai, Talmai, the descendants of Anak were. They came to the valley of Eshkol, and from there cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two men with some pomegranates and figs. The place was called the valley of Eshkol because of the cluster which the sons cut down from there. When they returned spying from the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron, to all the congregations, to the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, and they brought back word to tell them to all the congregation and show them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him, We went into the land where you sent us. And it certainly does flow with milk and honey. Why did they say it certainly does flow with milk and honey? Because God told Abraham years earlier, hundreds of years earlier, guess what? I'm going to take you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And the spies confirmed it. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong. Nevertheless, nevertheless. The people in the land who live there are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and the Amorites are living in the hill country. And the Canaanites are living by the sea, by the side of the Jordan. Oh, remember the Canaanites? Remember that? (laughs) Remember how they went in and totally obliterated them? Yeah, me too. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of the land for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said this, 
What they're getting ready to say started when they saw what they saw. When they saw the descendants of Anak, when they saw the fortified, the well-fortified cities like Jericho, fear struck them. Anxiety struck them. A sense of overwhelming defeat struck them. And it was in that moment when they saw the challenges of the promised land that there was a narrative that the enemy built in their minds, a narrative that was so strong that they had no doubt been thinking about it for several weeks, but it was so strong in their mind that it had become fact. Do you know sometimes the things that circulate in our minds, although they have no real danger to us, become facts, even though they're not. What happened to these 10 spies is they went in and the enemy was not the giants. The enemy was not the well-fortified cities. The enemy was Satan. The greatest enemy was to fill their minds with things that were contrary to what the clear word of God had told them. The true enemy was when they thought the thoughts of defeat and fear and did not hold it up to the accountability of God's word. That was the biggest enemy. So this is what they said. We are not able to go up for they are too strong for us. Didn't matter what God said at that point. They had already decided, (laughs) they had decided that God was wrong. They were so arrogant that they had come to the conclusion that God didn't know what he was talking about. Even though hundreds of years earlier, he told Abraham, this is what I'm going to do for you. And consequently, hundreds of thousands, if not a couple million Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because 10 men listened to their thoughts. Do you see how powerful it is when we don't boss our thoughts around? Do you see how powerful it is when we let our thoughts that aren't truth because God's word is truth become fact and we start operating out of things that are not fact. If they would have said, yes, the giants are there. However, there's a God that we serve. And he said, we'll be victorious. Things would have turned out different. Verse seven says this of 14, 14, seven. They spoke to the congregation. Uh, Joshua and Caleb spoke to the congregation And they said, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. That's the attitude we should have. 
We will come against things that are scary. But there is another layer in our minds that Caleb and Joshua had. Yes, this looks scary. Yes, I feel fear. Yes, I don't like this. However, my God is greater. And Joshua and Caleb consequently went into the land. Joshua led and Caleb was went, in, went into the promised land 40 years later. The only two, all the other 10 died in the wilderness. Horribly, by the way, if you read the story, I think it's in numbers 15 and 16. Horribly, you can look it up for yourself. It's pretty bad how they died. But this is a story of what a thought process can do to your life. That's why it's so important, you guys, that we hold these thoughts up against scripture. You are the boss of your mind. It is not the boss of you. Okay, that's week one. We went way long. I hope this encouraged you. I think next week we're going to talk about fear. I'm going to talk about this. When people say faith over fear, I hate that. When people put Instagram posts out and stuff, I'm going to show you a man who struggled with fear, but his faith was stronger. And it's going to be really, really powerful. So that'll be next week. We are going to take a quick break and then I'm going to answer a question from one of you. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okie dokie, guys. <laughs> We're going to lighten things up here. <laughs> I got a question from one of you. Her name is Marla. What's up, girl? What's up? Okay. This is, I love this question. I get it a lot, but I love it. How do you talk to your lost loved ones about the consequences of not coming to God and that it's not a positive thing when they don't? (laughs) This is a really great question, Marla. Let me read it one more time for the people in the back. How do you talk to your lost loved ones about the consequences of not coming to God and that it's not a positive thing when they don't. Okay, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you what I do. This is not, this is like friends, family, whatever. Okay. What you don't want to do, Marla, is come at them pointing your fingers and screaming. Nobody likes that. You don't like that when someone does that to you. Okay. You you don't. We all hate it. No one wants a preacher from 1980s screaming at them. No one, no one wants that. Okay. What I have learned to do over the years is tell them the benefits of coming to God from my own life. 
this can get really, really heated. And when, when you kind of come at it from a, you need to, you need to, you need to, the, the, uh, whatever. I have several years ago started saying, Hey, listen to what God did in my life. And I'll tell them a story like of my adoption or, you know, whatever the various things that God has done for our life. And more times than not, who I'm talking to, I know is not a believer. And they'll be like, wow, how did that happen? And I'll say, well, it's because of Jesus. All credit in my life goes to Jesus. So basically the color of my lipstick, <laughs> Jesus gets credit for. People don't, people don't like that. They think it's whatever. But you know what? Here's what I know. I, I should not be on the face of the planet. And I am. And it's a result of Jesus. So if I give him credit for the color of my lipstick, it's because I wouldn't be here to wear lipstick without him. So Marla, when you're talking to your friends, and loved ones. Why don't you take the approach of listen to what Jesus did in my life this week? That will engage them on a supernatural level without even really trying to. And hopefully it'll open up conversation that you can have with your loved one that will be fruitful. Okay. This is what Jesus did in the gospels. This is where I got this from the Bible. He told stories in the form of parables and that's how he captivated everyone's attention. Let's take a nod from our savior and do the same thing. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. They'll be interested and, and go and let, and let the Lord lead from there. I hope that helps Marla. You guys, I love you guys. And you know, so many of you guys are downloading the podcast. I actually cannot believe what's happening. We've, we've just blown up over the last, I don't even know how long. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much. Thank you for your words of encouragement. If I see one of you guys out, I saw someone, my husband and I were on a date and her and her husband were celebrating like 33 years of marriage or something. And she stopped my husband and I, and she was like, are you out of miles? I listen to whatever. And I love to talk to you. I love to meet you. I, I, I love it. I know you're out there. And I just want to say thank you so much for the support that you show me, my family and our team. I'm going to keep at it. And man, my God bless you guys this week. I will see you next week for another episode of the Autumn Mile Show. It's going to be good, y'all. It's going to be good. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Thank <laughs> you.